Wow, isn't the presence of God here this morning? It's amazing. Attention, right turn, forward, march. We're gonna pack all the troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. Whoa, you've a Lucifer to light your fag. Smile, boys, that's the style. What's the use in worrying? It never was worthwhile. So, pack all your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. That song harkens back, obviously, it's a marching song from World War I, which encourages us to pack all our troubles in our old kit bag and smile, 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 put on a brave face at all times. Be, uh, you know, stiff upper lip, show the world how strong you are. But we know, as followers of Jesus, that we have an advocate who's taken all that for us and we don't have to bottle it up inside. We bring it before him and we hand it over to him. So the, uh, today the title is of this sermon is Take It To and Leave It With Jesus. We all have things in our lives that trouble us. And as, as we hear with that, that song I just sung, um, that, that was, that's the attitude of how the world can tell you to deal with things. This goes back, actually. Do excuse me, because I'm working note-free today, more or less, which isn't me. Usually I have a telephone book to go through. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, back in May 2020, David spoke on, if you remember... Get the mess out of the house. Which was uh, dealing with, um, in his best Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, that was. But in Deuteronomy, I bet this is where I, where's my, there's my glasses. That's fortunate. I'm just here, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and the, the basic point of that message was about, you know, not taking anything uh, from Deuteronomy 7. Verse 26, we are told, Do not bring a detestable thing into your house, or you, like it, will be set apart for destruction. Now, the point of today's message is to do with the house that now is, the house, the living temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in each and every one of us. He dwells within us. So anything that is not in accordance with God, everything that is not keeping our walk with Jesus, right? Anything that troubles us, anything that drags us down, anything that holds us back, anything that snags us in life, we are to take it to and leave it with Jesus. Leave it as we know. 
at the foot of the cross. But we often find that hard to do. There's another common, common um, term that is in use nowadays. It's called the Hurt Locker. There was a film about the Hurt Locker, which the definition of the phrase Hurt Locker means a place of deep pain and discomfort. And what we do with that, we just lock it up and we don't deal with it where we are to bring it to the Lord. Um, it, was a, it was a sporting phrase connected with ice hockey, um, which meant when, when they cause a foul or do something wrong on the ice hockey uh, rink, they go into the sin bin, which is quite appropriate. <laughs> and uh, when they're in the sin bin, they're taken out of play. And that's how it can be with us, uh, with, with things in our life. We can be taken out of play. And we go, I'm not saying it's necessarily sin, but we, we'll go into a place. And, and the, the enemy, the devil, likes to get us in there and keep us out of the way. So we're harmless. We're out of the game. We cannot engage. We cannot do the Lord's work. Um, then it was taken from a sporting term to a military term, just as the with the... The song, the old kit bag. So we, the trouble is, is if you look at that song, hold on, what are we to do? Cast our burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. That's from Psalm 55, verse 22. Um, and I looked up the meaning of the word sustain. We know that sustenance is food that keeps us going. We know Jesus is the bread of life. We know we drink from the stream of living water that flows freely in abundance for each and every one of us. We eat of the fruit of the vine. We enjoy all the riches and the fullness of being in God. But if we do not hand over things, then it can hinder us. It can hold us back. So, And, and the word yeah, sustain also means that he will be with you mentally, physically, emotionally. He will be with you through everything that you might face. Everything that you might face. But you've got to be in a place of handing it all over to him. So, hold on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, as way of um, an example of this, here's a bit of my family history. I will be brief on it, don't worry. Wow, it's quarter to 12 already. We started late, but wasn't that worship flowing? That was wonderful. Um, my uh, great-great-granddad was called James Howard. Now, James Howard, in the opening months of World War I, his uh, ship was sunk, and uh, he was captured from the water and put in a... Prisoner of War camp called Dietgis, I think was the name. I found, only found this out the other night because my brother-in-law does a lot of ancestry search and that. Now, that might sound like quite an easy option opposed to some of the things that people went through in World War I, but actually when you look at what they did, they used to, be, they used to suffer what was called brutalisation. And what they used to have to do was go, they would be sent in work parties within range of your own side's shells coming in and you had to work and dig trenches and you, you had taskmasters and you were beaten. Anyway, 
the long shot of it being is after the war, when he returned to Civvy Street, he be became a copper in policeman. And um, he sneaked um, from somewhere or another, so that the, the family story goes, he brought a revolver back with him, a service revolver, and he kept it hidden. And he took it, and he hid it away, and, and, it went, and my, my dear old nan, she would never have a round table in the house, because she remembers when he, he was back from, from the war, whatever it was that had got in his head, he would just pace around and walk around and around the table, muttering to himself, muttering and muttering, and it wouldn't go away. A bit like Samson when he was on the wheel, pushing it round and round, blinded and bound with no way out until he reached to God again. But um, the, the sad thing of this and I remember her telling, oh no, love, because someone tried to give her a round table, I don't do round tables, because it reminds me of my granddad, but her dad. But unfortunately, he took his own life with that revolver. The upshot of that, the consequences of him not revealing what was hurting him, what was inside, because we can only guess at what that was, was then uh, Lillian How Howard, my great great grandmother, she committed suicide. She took her own life as well. The upshot of that was my, my nan, Irene, was farmed out to a maiden aunt, as was the way then. There was nowhere else to go, so she was adopted by the maiden aunt. And even though she used to freely admit that um, she was provided for a roof over her head, food, food, clothing, everything like that, she didn't have love. And with, there was no love provided, so she grew up in, and then got drinking, and that, that was her way. She used to uh, drink. I remember even when she was in her, um, her, her uh, sheltered accommodation in Sidcut, she wouldn't mix with others in the place and play bingo and games and flower arranging and things like that. She used to take herself to the old black horse on the corner and prop the bar up and drink Holston Pills. And, and roll her, because you could smoke in pubs then, roll her golden Virginia and puff away. She, obviously, that was the, up, the outcome of having such a traumatic childhood in so many ways. And then that, that from there passed on to my, my, my father, my aunts and uncles, in various ways had their problems. And then, of course, beyond them, it, it came to me. And as you know, I used to be on drugs and on drink. And there's, there's one thing in this. With, with everything that went before, none of them knew Jesus. But then, with me, the line was drawn under the sand. That day that Lindsay came with a cross very much like this one, well, there is only one cross, the cross of Jesus. But that was the line. When he broke through, and that was nearly, praise God, 10 years ago, in, in a fortnight, the, the drugs were taken away and all those addictions were taken away. Now, that's me, but for each and every one of us, there are things in our lives that hold us back. There are things that hinder us, that interrupt our walk with God. And 
there, there's so much. There's always so much more, and it's a bit like was, has been talked about this morning. It all comes in. It's those things that need pruning off the vine, the true vine, so that we may move forward, so that we may uh, flourish, so that we may have abundance and, and produce good fruit. Um, but we need to bring it to Him, be it loss of a loved one, breakup of a relationship, abuse, which is either emotional, physical, mental, bullying, bullying. We all, we all, well, at least I feel sorry for you youngsters nowadays because when, when I was at school, if, if I got bullied, at least when I came home and the door was shut, that was it, it was done, at least for the day. But now, with social media, it's always there. If, if you, if, but it is only, you've got to remember, what, if you allow yourself to read it all the time, then it is always there. But you have the power, and you also have Jesus, that so you can just not look at it and leave, leave it down. But so bullying can have, and, and careless words from people. I, I remember, I, I used to get called Swift by name, but not by nature. I wonder why. But, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> And that was from Mr Abbott, bless him. He thought it was very funny. But I remember that actually stuck in me. It became something that I obsessed with. Like, uh, and I used to feel pressured and then it really affects you. What's it? Careless comments cause chaos. I made that up. Um, but it's, you know, we, we've got to... We, but we have an advocate. We have Jesus who stepped in and drew a line under everything. And if we bring everything to him and leave it at the foot of the cross, take it to and leave it with Jesus then it is finished Amen. the finished work of the cross it's done, it is no more we don't have to deal with it, things come back at us but you know we can leave them in his arms and under his care, I was given a, a picture when I was uh, preparing for this and praying about it and uh, what page am I on? Shall I do it? Okay. Okay, yeah. When, when I did, many years ago, I went to Sikup Community Church when I was just looking, shall we say, when I knew there was something, but I wasn't ready, but something was going on. Uh, well, because he knew I was in his book of life, wasn't he? It was just one of the early things. But anyway, I went to an Alpha course, which then was called a Just Looking course, way back then. And when I was in there, someone had a word for me, which I thought was a load of rubbish at the time. <laughs> which was, uh, I see you, you are in behind a forest of thorns and you can see the light through the thorns but you just can't get to it because all these thorns are in your way and you can't reach it but you, you will get out into that and I, 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 that, I think that was the last time I went because I thought, oh, this is a bit stupid, I don't like all this and then the other day while I was praying God gave me... Um, a picture of me walking, and this can be for each and every one of us, me walking through um, the forest of thorns and I've got an old woolly jumper on. And as I've come out, it's got snagged on one of the thorns. And you know what wool's like. And as I've continued walking into what I think's the light, yeah, it all started to unravel around me. It's all unravelling and it's all unravelling and it's all unravelling. And it can, that, that's how our walk can be. So we see the light, we know Jesus, we come to the light, we follow the light, we reach out for the light, we reach out for him. But if there's something that we have not dealt with, then 
that can be us. And eventually that, it unravels and everything falls apart and, and, and you're on the floor. But we have a good shepherd who guards us and protects us and if we bring everything to him, then that's no more. It's cut off. We don't have to worry about that. And now what I was being shown was to do with a bit of unforgiveness because I can be quite harsh on myself not so much others, but it's mainly, I think a lot of us will find, sometimes we blame ourselves for things and carry it. But the cut-off point is the cross. That is it. That Not only is the cross, as John Presley used to say, the biggest plus sign ever for our lives, but a cross is also put against things that are wrong. When you're at school, the cross is beside it. It crosses it out. That's wrong. It's no more. Jesus has paid that price. You don't have to worry anymore. Now... That's it. Yeah. What else I noted, you know, when Jesus leaves the 99 sheep to go out for the one, for the lost one, he always does that because he's faithful. So if you look upon that as us, as the 99 sheep, right, we've all got each other as well as him. Yeah, we need him. He he's, holds everything together, definitely. But there's the one sheep out there who's lost, doesn't know. He's on his own, and I remember being like that. And that's what well, well, the enemy works through making that. So another thing that I came up with is if you isolate yourself, and that's people out there who don't know God, isolation leads to desperation, leads to depression, which leads to desolation. You need to take it to Jesus. You need to deal with things. You need to bring it to him. What does God say about this in Scripture? Now, I've already said, cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and he shall, shall sustain thee. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. But here are some other Scriptures that support that. So in Hebrews 12.1, we read... Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely. This is so important. It's, it's everything. You need to leave that weight behind. I know it's it, things nag. I've just said that I was dealing with another issue of unforgiveness the other night. But it is the enemy who wanders about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And if he finds you in just one of your little weak points, he can whisper in your ear again. The father of lies whispering from afar. And you can be duped, shall we say. You can be fooled again. But take it to and leave it with Jesus. You don't, you don't need to do that anymore. And once I submitted it again, that's fine, it's gone, it's dealt with. Another one, scripture, is in Ephesians 4, verses 31 to 32. And this deals more with the, the forgiveness thing. Let 
all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and slander be put away from you along with all malice. So give up on unforgiveness for you, for everything that you lay aside, take it to the cross. It is so important. It's, uh, I, I've, I've, before when I spoke about the, the Beatitudes being, um, you know, a sort of code by which we should seek to live and, uh, and to access that, you, you need purity. You need purity because be holy, says the Lord, for I am holy. But also, um, before, before you can really touch any of that, you need to lay down the things that still haunt you, the things that still trouble you. They need to be given to Jesus. And then in Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 21. Now, this is a very... Uh, important one because it shows the calls but it also shows what the blessing is that you will receive once you manage to uh, access which we know our God is a 24-7 God he's always there sometimes his answers might seem 11.59 but he is 24-7 and it says in Isaiah 43.18-21 remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, which is a very, as I've said before, very important word, behold. It means look up. Something important is happening. Take notice. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. And who are the chosen people? We are, yeah, we are. We are those chosen people. The people, God goes on to say, whom I have formed for myself that they might declare my praise. Praise God. And to be in that uh, place where you are good to give praise, where you, you, you got, you've got a as has been said this morning you may may be in a delicate place and you can still bring it as worship to him but it is important that's what he wants from you just lay it down take it to and leave it with Jesus we are to leave everything that hinders us and move into his glorious light now um, bear with me just one second here we go that's it now, when I look at this cross, I love this old cross. I won't break into the song, the old rugged cross. But I could, but I won't. So, this means so much to me. This, a cross just like this, when Lindsay was taking it, of course it's Jesus' cross, but brought the freedom into my life. Oh, yeah, okay. Brought freedom into my life and into my family's life. A seed was planted. The day that Lindsay came by on February Valentine's Day, 
2012 and told me that if there was no one on this earth that loved me or that's what I felt, there was a God in heaven that did. That was pivotal. That changed everything. That underlined everything. It scrolled it off. It cut it off. It went. Um, not saying that everything, you know, that was the initial thing. Um, but it was still six months till the drugs were taken away. But that was that. But then when you remove that, that was it. It's been no more. There's been no more. It's just not there anymore. And when I look at this cross, this cross has seen tears of joy and it's seen tears of laughter. I've had an East European man drop down on his knees and just hug the cross where it was leaning up against the wall. And I, he, all he could say was Christos. And, but I didn't understand anything else. But he was definitely talking to God there and then. And he was... <laughs> It was amazing. But there's other experiences. Even yesterday, talking about past traumas, I, I was out with my friend Richard with this cross and we came across a man called Norman who hopefully says he will be now coming to Tea Room and to uh, Lunch Club. But he, he said about being traumatised by a memory going back to the Civic Centre by Alpington Station when he was a, a teenager and he's in his 70s now, and how he was a mod, and that when he was um, in the Civic Centre, a load of rockers came in, and there was a fight, and he got really hurt. And it traumatised him so much that he still carries it, enough that he bought it up yesterday and asked for prayer for it. So that's amazing. So things do cling to us, and they stick, and they might seem we can put them down, but we need to take it to Jesus. When I see the chain around this cross... I also love it because, as you know, when the drugs were taken away, the picture I got was the rock, which is Jesus, with the chain stretched across it. One end of it, the drugs, the dealers. The other end of it, me, and the word slave going round and round in my head. And then the sword of the spirit, bang, cut the chain in two. It exploded. And the drugs were no more. So every time this cross goes out, I undo that chain, obviously. I break the chain, and that's what it signifies. So much. It means so much. It's a working cross, and I love it. It's the cross of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour, and we praise him.